Hello everyone, I'm Jen and welcome to another episode of Monogamish Pod. On this week's episode, I'll be talking to Cherie Calico-Roman about her polyamorous relationship that also includes a DS dynamic. We'll be talking to Cherie about her time with her sir, what her burner Twitter account is, and a tiny little bit about maybe her kidnapping me? Who's to say? (laughs) Tune in for this episode right about now. Welcome back to Monogamish Pod. I am your faithful host, Jen. And I say faithful, I don't know why, it just sounded right at the time. But today, I'm talking about polyamory and kink, DS dynamic relationships. We're going to really be getting into it today, and I have a very special guest. Been on the pod twice already, so not a first-time caller, not a first-time listener. It's going to be Cherie Calico Roman. See, I had that voice I did for that. I love that. I'm really glad to be back on the pod. I'm trying to get more notches under my belt when it comes to you, Jen. I've missed our time together. Though. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. No, I too miss our time as well. But we did have some private time scheduled outside of this. So I think that we're catching up nicely. <laughs> we are. I think we needed that time. That was such a good like conversation and catch up. So yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this, but I am not in a DS dynamic. So obviously we're not talking about me today i'm just asking the questions that the fans aka me and other people want to know about the situation and so sheree has been a guest on the pod before i've had her on with pages that involved the conversation we talked about shadow sex if you guys did not listen sorry wait can i clarify pages was on with me okay i with the introduction of jen and pages okay i'm a scorpio she was like listen i was here first i don't know why you putting that man's name in front of mine that's not what happened not what happened. i'm hierarchical when it comes to my friendships no just kidding but yeah and and yes. I, that's why i had to come back too because he's been here like now more times than me and i'm like hold up wait okay yeah it's no we can't have that in. happening right you need to learn how to split your time better I, I do these. i do i'm just like i do there's nothing else i can say you're not saying anything that's a lie are you the hinge now? Are we in like a, a podcast V? Maybe. It might be. <laughs> now that I think about it. You guys, you learn something new every day. There's terms for everything. <laughs> yes. Yeah, see, I am the hinge right now. And so Cherie's back, had that conversation. It actually was called Consent and Digital to Get Down. So it wasn't just about shadow sex. It also involved pee and cream. So we had that conversation. But the very first time Sheree was on the pod was with Shanae talking about Black Poly Pride and the Are Black People Allowed online events, which is how I met her. I just, that's my intro to Sheree. But I will let her tell y'all a bit about her. Sheree, just give them a little brief overview about who you are and, well, more specifically about what's happening today, but just like in general. Oh, Yeah, I guess everyone on this podcast would typically know me for coming on and talking about Black Poly Pride or Polyculture Diversity Alliance events, as I am one of the co-founders of those two organizations, as well as the series of virtual conversations, Are Black People Allowed?, that was bred from this pandemic that we are still enduring today, uh, which is where I met the lovely, wonderful Jen But I also have at Black Poly Pride and PCDA, we do focus on the intersections of the LGBTQIA community and kink community within polyamory. 
And I happen to be a member of all of those communities. And for the past year and a half, I've been really just focusing and honing in on these other parts of me because for such a long time, I did give so much of myself to the polyamorous community and that identifier. And while it is still a love child of mine, I really started to focus in on BDSM and kink. And I've been a member of that community for nine and a half, 10 years. And I was just like, I have been ignoring and neglecting this side of myself. So I really started leaning in and honing in on that part of me and getting reintroduced to the community, really becoming active and involved. Of course, we had some kink conversations for our Black people allowed. And also that kind of led me to then having further conversations in a couple of spaces on Clubhouse, which I really enjoyed. Started moderating a space there. And that's also where I met my sir. So lots of great things happened on clubhouse listen clubhouse is bringing people together and breaking them apart not including the moaning room <laughs> that moaning room was something else the moaning room i never participated in the moaning room i did i i have read erotica on clubhouse but i have never participated in a moaning room so yeah that's a no. never oh yeah future. see now, now y'all know for the future Never have I ever been in the moaning room with a tree will have to drink. It'll be fine. But so here we are. We are now in 2022, which is wow. wow. So it's, right. It's almost going to be two years since I met you for the first time. And wow. Right. Time is galloping along. And so you, you said for the past year and a half, you've been mm-hmm. really trying to drill down more into the kink part of you. I am a newbie to the kink community, like very new. I went to a play party. So clearly I'm an expert now. I went once, so I know everything. That's exactly how it works. But so that's something that I personally have never really explored about myself much before going to the event. We do the basic stuff, like the choking stroke. We do like some spanking. There is some restraints. There is mild wax play. Like I've done different what I call them like vanilla cake like the stuff that you do when you're with someone for a long time and you're both trying to figure shit out right so I've done that but I've never really gotten really into the kink community and the entire like lifestyle of it I'm using the word lifestyle very specifically just to refer to that community not just generally just that that's what I'm calling it so I'm I'm very new to this so you're gonna be my guide in this conversation, I will have some dumb questions mm. just so you know in advance. I know I like guiding. I think I, I prefer it absolutely in a kink context for sure. Probably even more than I like guiding and, and leading and like for the bi curious out there. Yeah. No. <laughs> That's the thing. I, I like the kink curious for sure. I love doing those introductions. So, yay. <laughs> yay. So, this conversation is very specifically about the intersection between polyamory and kink. And so I will start here. You said you've been in the kink community more or less for about 10 years. It's a long time. Yes, a very long time. (laughs) Yeah. It's wild to like when I think about how long I've been in the kink community and exploring BDSM and just my own evolution because I came into the community as a top, dame, so on the other side of the slash and and now existing as a submissive, it's 
very different world, but it's all a part of the evolution, at least in my journey. So I enjoy it and enjoy really witnessing these different versions of myself. Oh, okay. So coming in as a top and then somehow you end up on the very opposite side of where we were at. So was there some switching in between or was it just like a, I'm a top, I'm a top, I'm a top. And then now it's like, great, now I'm submissive. Let's make this work. So I definitely feel like I was always different depending on partners. And that's just me in life in general. I'm like a chameleon. And so I was that person in high school who hung out with everybody, with like different groups of people. And they just brought out different sides of my personality and different personas. And so that's very much so an amalgamation of who I am. So there's definitely a switch energy that exists. But so for me, it was definitely like, when interacting with like men specifically of like from different cultures, I'll say specifically like white men, there's definitely that top Dame energy was ever present. My top energy specifically also can come out in relationships with women in a very like natural and, and inherent way. And just so for me, those energies can exist. And I feel like my submissive energy exist as well. It's just all an energy exchange. If I met with a more dominant energy, regardless of gender or or sexuality, and they make me feel safe and secure, that for me allows my submission to come out and flourish in a very different kind of way that I enjoy leaning into. Okay. So for sure, obviously with Mm -hmm. the Mayo delegation, we were not going to submit to the Mayo. I'm sorry. Like it doesn't doesn't happen. Like I, 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 and I'm going to say this, I'm sorry to all of our white listeners. I could not imagine submitting to a white person, like not ever. I mean, it feels racist. I don't know. It feels racist. I, I feel like there is a lot of backlash that comes from that statement, but I totally agree. I think that one of the things, not to go back to talking about Black Poly Pride, but we did have a Black only play party. That was one of the things that we were very serious about curating and creating because in the kink community, there are not a lot of spaces where Black bodies and the Black experience is prioritized. And so we got a lot of backlash from Black people who have white partners about why their partners could not come and really having to stand on that platform of making sure that was a safer, um, more sacred space where we could have that type of experience. So it was transformative for a lot of people to to be able to show up to that space. And I know that there are other spaces that allow for experiences like that, but I don't necessarily think that, that they hold the weight of that the way that I think we did and making sure I personally vetted every single person who came to our play party for Black Poly Pride for those reasons, to make sure that we are prioritizing the experience of Black and brown bodies. No, you're right. The play parties that I've been to, very few, obviously. I'm very new to this. We just, I just said that. But I went to a, is it called a munch when you're just like hanging out with people? Is that what yeah. they call it? Yeah, yeah. munch when you go to a vanilla setting and meet people yeah. in the daylight. It was at a kinky club, but it wasn't okay. like for play. It was just like- It was just a meetup. Yeah. There was some stuff that happened like afterwards, but it wasn't even anything too crazy. And then the play party that I went to, it was primarily black and brown people. But there were a couple people who had their white partners there. And I remember feeling a little bit uncomfortable. Like, it's, oh, yeah, this is a black kink meetup. And here are these people here with their white partners. And it's like, I don't want to exclude you from the community because you're black, you're involved. But at the same time, like immediately, 
was uncomfortable because I was like, oh, if I wanted to try something, like now I don't feel like I'm in a safe enough space to do that. And I will equate this to people who are not in the community to say something like, like when you go to a gay bar as a gay person and there are tons of straight people there, it felt like that's what it felt like to me. And so I was like, okay, even if I wanted to maybe try to explore some stuff and play around in this moment, it was just not, it was just not a right fit for me. <laughs> so I was more no. observing. Yeah. And, and it also, it can dictate your experience in a way of what does it mean to be a black woman and desire impact play, right? And what's that experience like to be caned in front of a white person, to be whipped in front of a white person, especially if these are your first experiences? And what will, because we all can carry a level of trauma, not only from our own experiences, but from our ancestral knowing, just knowing our history. And we carry that with us into every single room we walk into and every single experience. And we have to make sure that we are creating spaces and opportunities for people to have the experiences that they want and need to have and for them to be safer experiences and even cathartic experiences. I I think that for me, it feels irresponsible as an event curator to have an event or a play party where the title of my brand has black in it. And then I'm hosting a party where there are white bodies present and I'm not making people aware of that. So I think that awareness and that level of information definitely needs to be shared. Like who all going to be there is a thing. We know that's a cultural thing. We want to know who all going to be there. (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) I want to know. That's my first question. First of all, it's like, oh, do I have to? Then secondly, who all going to be there? If you want me to come to this thing, fine. But who going to be there aside from me and you? Like, who else is going to be there? Very real. So now that I'm done talking about me, you said you met your sir. Is that your title for your dom? Dame is the the femme version, correct? So it would be dom. Yes. It's a man. I think we talked about that. Yeah. So I mean, when you said sir, I didn't want to assume people on the pod don't know. When you said sir, I didn't want to assume. I was just like, so Dame is the femme version. So your sir is your Dom. Okay. So that is my title for him and the honorific that I utilize in our dynamic. Okay. All right. And so you talked about your girlfriends, and I know you've been with your girlfriends for a certain period of time. So was it interesting? having a man as your sir and i say this it's a very obvious question guys once you've been dating women for a long period of time dipping your toe back into men is an awkward moment okay it's awkward it's weird some things can happen and some things flow perfectly so i just have to know so it's interesting my polycule i have five girlfriends and we are all um, interconnected we are all in a relationship together and we will make four years on march 2nd and they are my life partners. And it's really interesting because I had not dated a man in six or seven years. So it's beyond a cishet man I had not dated in six or seven years. So it's been a very interesting reintroduction, but everything that I was hoping for and or desiring and just manifesting for myself, I, I deeply I have a deep understanding of why this happened for me in a DS dynamic. One of the things that I had been coming to terms with in my relationships with his men is that I felt like they were trying to top me and dominate me without any of the agreements or responsibility or conversation that happen in a DS yeah. or should happen. 
And it was just so off-putting to me, just energetically, because I don't show up in my non-DS relationships in the same way that I do show up in a DS relationship. And having this feeling that someone is taking my, my choice away or violating my consent by having this imposed patriarchal, misogynistic, imposed power structure at play was really mm-hmm. difficult for me when it came to relating with cishet men. Yeah, nothing you said was a lie. Even for just like general non-king people, it's there's always a cishet man trying to, to dominate you in some way. And it's really, should you be doing this? And I don't know if you've seen the skit. This is related, but unrelated guys, go with me. There's a skit where, you know, the guy is asking his woman, like, where are you going? She's like, if you have this size dick, you can ask him where, we're go- where I'm going. If you have this size dick, you can ask him who I'm going to go with. <laughs> if you have this size dick, then you can, we can want to know anything and I'll even take you with me. But if you have this size dick, you don't get to talk to me. So don't ask me anything. She leaves. It, it's said in Patwa, though. It's it's much funnier in Patwa. But if you guys don't speak Patwa, you can understand it. But no, but it, you- it feels like that. I get the sentiment. Yeah. Like it's even deeper than that because we do have this whole kind of it's 2022. But as of 2021, we were still posting memes about going 50-50. Are we doing 50-50? Who pays for the date? Who pays the bills? Like, we're still having these conversations. And it's really interesting the ways in which I feel like men are having these red pill moments with this you know that we have the whole all of the Kevin Samuels of the world and now this other podcast that I will not name is talking about how they don't date dark-skinned women who talk about the same things that like Kevin Samuel talks about and dragging women and what a high value man is desirous of and they're utilizing all of that rhetoric but also desiring like your labor and desiring you to be of service to them and desiring your monetary contribution to the relationship and desiring submission that they have not asked for negotiated or that the woman has not consented to or earned let's be honest or, about that, or that they have... <laughs> right that's a whole nother thing but yes and it, and so I think it puts women, particularly Black women, in a very odd position because if I'm being honest and I think about the Black women that I know, I we are exhausted. We are exhausted. We are tired. And trying to hold all of these balls in our hands and wear all of these different hats And the clarity is not there for me, at least, of what is being asked for when it comes to relationships with cishet men. And so I really enjoy the ways in which I'm re-entering that space through this DS dynamic and really talking about agreements, having those conversations, really ironing out what the expectations are, what the responsibilities are, and what we are desirous of in a very upfront way. And I think that any and everyone can do this. But I just think in the polyamorous community and in the kink community, we are just having conversations that like vanilla relationships are not having, right? And I think everyone should have these conversations, but having a partner, a dom who's understanding of these negotiations, right? Who Mm -hmm. understands that these conversations are necessary to building a relationship foundation is really important because we me bringing up serious topics and serious conversations are not 
off-putting, right? Early on. Yeah, yeah. Y'all know I'm polyamory. We talk way more than we fucking, like, we asking all these questions. We do all this work, like, assuming that your relationship is not sex-based. If you were trying to build a romantic relationship with someone else, like, Shanae was on here a couple weeks ago where she was like, I'm an NRE killer. I'm asking all the hard questions first. You're not going to surprise me anywhere down the line once the glow is worn off. And I was like, yeah, I can see the benefit of that. And that's a part of what we do in polyamory. And of course, when you're negotiating scenes in kink as well. So I know kink, of course, through very casual play at parties, at clubs, like people who are submissives, but they may not necessarily have their own dom or if they're due, they do scenes like in public, but it's not lifestyle. So my understanding of lifestyle kink and BDSM is Secretary, which is a horrible movie. But also oh, a great wow. movie, but also horrible, right? It, it is Fifty Shades of Grey before Fifty Shades of Grey even existed. So that is what most people think about when they're thinking about something that's like a lifestyle dynamic. They're thinking about those very white, very problematic depictions in books and on TV and in movies. So you said you have a source. I would assume based on this title... And obviously there's some kind of romantic situation happening there. This is like a more 24-7 sort of dynamic. So we are currently long distance, but yes, it is 24-7. I, I think it's interesting because, of course, everyone has their different dynamics. And you have dynamics where you have a submissive and you can have a dominant and there is no romantic relationship. And I think that those have their place and their validity. But in my dynamic, we are in a DS dynamic and within that dynamic are levels of partnership and life partnership and of course we are a year in and so even that foundation is like very new and in the stages of figuring out what we want this to be and what we want this to look like but I enjoy the ways in which we were and are very intentional about what we want this to look like and what the desire is and I've always felt he was very honest and I was very honest about what we were looking for from the very beginning of this and what we wanted and what we were desirous of and hoping and dreaming for. And now just being open to the the changes and the foundation building of what it need, what needs to happen in order to make that happen. We're both very goal oriented. That works for a lot of reasons when it comes to this kind of dynamic. Okay. That works for a lot of reasons. And I'm not just thinking with my vagina. Though mostly that's where my brain went. Just putting that out there. No, mine too. And I was like, oh yeah, what kind of goals are you guys working towards? I, I think for me, especially the pandemic brought a lot of things to light for me. And I told you this before, it feels, and this is just for me personally, all of my partners are currently LDRs. And so it felt or would feel wholly irresponsible to me to take on more long distance partnerships and not lay the foundation of what that will look like in the future and my desire to be local with my partners, not just in my DS dynamic, but even in my polycule, this is something that we're thinking about and really molding what the future of our relationships look like in this world where we are dealing with this COVID is something we thought we would be on lockdown for what, a couple of weeks? And now we're two years in. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. been two weeks about <laughs> almost three years ago. Yeah. Yeah. 
it has affected our relationships. And I still see posts in like polyamorous groups. Hey, are you open to an LDR? And I can't tell you how devastating it was for me to cancel as many flights as I canceled and cancel as many trips and go months without seeing my partners. And as I'm getting emotional about it now, but it's something that weighs on me that I still think about. And now, even still, being in these LDRs and experiencing such intense periods of isolation. And now that we have the Omarion variant popping back up. Listen, Omarosa needs to stay home. Okay. Go. Trump fired you. You're fired. Get out. Like, damn. Yes. I was supposed to see my sir next week. And now we were actually doing an event. My sir, Sir Jackson, he was partnering with Sir Marvelous and, and Daddy Huff and Daddy Panther to do like an event. And this is before the COVID surge, but we did the responsible thing and kind of pulled the plug and postponed the event. And luckily we had, he had done like some due diligence and made sure that the dates could roll over. And now that's happening in the summer. And so I'm sure it will be great but it's oh this was a time that I was supposed to see you and now that's up in the air and I have a lot of plans with my life partners about seeing each other and now those are again up in the air and so I am just at a place where I'm like I need to be local to some of my partners if not just one but all of them yeah you're like as many (laughs) as possible as many as possible and building out that community. And I know that's not for everyone, but I am just thinking about what it means to be intentional in my personal relationships and wanting to to grow whatever this looks like. And I have a very unusual <laughs> situation with my polycule, right? Yep. Having five life partners where we all live in different places and are considering what that means or what it would look like to to be closer or to be able to access one another more frequently. And for me personally, just facing the reality of even like flight calls, like what does it cost <laughs> to go see one of my life partners here and then go see another one, right? How much time yeah. off of PTO do I have, right? Um, when can I go and, and see my sir and, and be of service and be in space with him and, and, and really actualize our DS dynamic? Like all of these moving parts and pieces are affected by the state of the world. And me just recognizing that is something I got to be honest about. Yeah, no, absolutely. So you're in 24-7 dynamic. That's long distance. We all know mm-hmm. long distance, especially in a pandemic, is very soul crushing. As someone mm-hmm. who is dating long distance currently, I feel it. <laughs> and I know it. Uh, so this is going to be an awkward question, but I have to ask it anyway. Like I said, you know, is, okay, this is going to upset some people. <laughs> it's not going to upset you because you know me. I, know I don't mean this negatively, but it's going to upset some people. And this situation with your sir, where you are living this 24-7 but long distance dynamic, is can there be some truth to what some people say about LDRs being the perfect vacation relationships, depending on how frequently you see your partners? So I will say, are we talking about my, just the DS dynamic? Yeah, Um, I'm I'm talking about the DS dynamic in particular, just because, yeah. yeah. I, I will say for my very, this is very specific to my dynamic. There is no vacation. I am constantly and consistently in service to my sir, just because he's just the type of person who has a lot going on. And I am just capable of facilitating and providing service to those things that 
he has going on and that we collectively have going on. A lot of what my sir does and what he envisions and provides for not only his life, but mine is very big, right? It's it's very much different than I think what most people would just inherently think of when they think of DS dynamic and what that means and how that's facilitated. It is very life-changing in many ways. I think that is a big desire for him um, to be a, a pillar of guidance and leadership and to make sure that he is an example of excellence and mastery in his life so that those at his helm and under his charge can feel comfortable following his guidance and taking his counsel and and seeking from him levels of comfort and provision. Okay. Yeah. That's why I had to ask. I was like, I know it's going to be awkward for some people, but I had to ask because it how a lot of people perceive BDSM and kink is very much very non-romantic. It, it may be sexual, but it may not be. It's very much, oh, this person just beats on me or it's beats on me in a positive way not a negative way guys <laughs> a positive way like there there is impact play like we know about the the implements that are used if you are into certain kinds of bdsm and kink play and there is a perception that it is all very sexual having spoken to zach but of course we know that bdsm is not always sexual at all and so having that kind of roll into your romantic dynamic as well, like 24 seven, this is someone that you're actually with romantically, you're trying to build this future. And it is important that as a 24 seven dom or dame, if you are not a dame, that you are proven to be capable of being someone that your submissives can rely on in different aspects of life. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. That's the kind of dynamic that you're desiring. Like I said, our dynamic does have the desire and intentionality of partnership. And so I think that can look and feel different. And I think, like I said, we are goal oriented and setting forth those goals and what we desire and what we want that to look like. Everybody sets theirs up differently, but because of what we desire, that is what it is. I do need to know that you are who you say that you are, that you stand on the pillars and, and the protocols that you set forth for me. And I think that's for anyone in a leadership or a guiding role, if you're a top, a dom, a dame, that if you are asking someone to to follow your house rules or your manual or your protocol, that you stand on your protocol first, that you elicit self-discipline and self-mastery first. Mm-hmm. That is of the utmost importance to me because for me, being in a DS dynamic and relationship, it's it's not just all about ass beating and seeing. It is very deeply psychological and emotional as well. And the remnants of that, right? The responsibility of that, the culpability of a relationship that can be deeply damaging or... It could be deeply affirming yeah. because I do know that in DS, I open myself psychologically up in ways that I don't do in any other relationship format. Okay. Okay. So now we're getting into a different kind of nitty gritty, right? You got mm-hmm. five life partners already. How does this DS dynamic that you find yourself in with another possible life partner 
play into or help or hinder what you have with your other five life partners? Is there some kind of divide there? I know it's polyamory, so we love everybody, but I have been told by other people who are not polyamorous that the DS dynamic is a very isolated experience in a way. So how does that roll into your polyamorous life partner? I'm always careful about talking about this because I am really fucking lucky. I, my polycule is very much a what's in a blue moon polycule. My life partners are very much in alignment with me from an ethical stance. Um, we are highly compatible when it comes to our lifestyles and the ways in which we were living our lives, but mostly from our just ethical and like values, we are just very much aligned and compatible. And that's not easy to find with two people or three people, let alone six. And then my partners have other partners. I have metas. And so for my birthday in November, my partners met my surf for the first time in June, but there were other people there. We were there for a PCDA event or retreat. We we're doing like a photo. And so it wasn't as intimate, but they did get to meet him for the first time. And then in November, we all went to Atlanta and were there for my birthday. And my polycule was there. Some of my metas were there and my sir was there. And it was the first time that we were in an intimate space alone together and they really got to know him and he got to know them and see how we like function and maneuver and it was such a beautiful moment for me and it was really interesting because one of the reasons that I'm super careful with my poly and my DS is because I'm very protective of like my girlfriends and my life partners and the energy that I bring in, especially if it's a man, a cishet man specifically, mm -hmm. is because there is a level of respect and like deference even that women can sometimes fall into when it comes to like men being present. And sometimes that's natural. I know many people like buck against that, like what? But energetically that does happen, um, especially if you have other partners who may be bottoms or submissives or whatever that looks like. And so I'm very careful about introducing that energy. And what I really loved is that like, I felt like on both ends in my polycule and in my relationship with my sir, that they were both like, all of them were really deeply respectful for like, holding that line and like checking in with me about how I was feeling and about how like what was okay what levels of interaction you know, my sir is very like observant and he cares a lot and so of course I think he sees people that are in relationship with me or an extension of me as people that he would care for and I think my other partner see my DS dynamic. I also have a sister in service, Bambi, aka Nikki Glaze, who is an extension of that DS dynamic. And I think my polycule, they always ask about how they're doing, if they're okay, when they're in space together, wanting to make sure that they feel welcome and make sure that they feel a part of. I think that both my polycule and my sir really hold that line really well. And it was interesting seeing them energetically just flow together. And I don't see my DS partnership as something separate. It is different. It is something that I do give that its own space. And it is 
different than my polycule, but it's not separate from because I know people like to have like separate lives, but for me, I don't like the complication of that. And so what I do is I am transparent with my partner. So my polycule, they know or knew whenever my relationship with my sir was escalating, when I was under consideration with him, when I was dating him, vetting him, when I first met him, all of those things my polycule was aware of, they were and are aware of my intentions within my DS dynamic. They're aware of the kind of submissive I am, what I'm desiring from a power dynamic. They are aware of all of those things. So they're not surprised by anything. And then those same conversations were had at the formative stage of my DS dynamic with my sir. One of his big questions was, so what's the, what's up with your polycule? What does that all mean? Because you have. Yeah. Like you got got a shit ton of fucking girlfriends, girl. What, What you doing over there? That's pretty, I know that's what that man said. I know that's what he said. What oh, does oh, that Lord. mean exactly? What does this all mean? It's so confusing. What do they mean for not just my life, but like how should he consider them? I remember we were having a conversation. We just have those like very future like oriented conversations. And we were yeah. talking about like, living together. And if we live together, like what kind of space do we need? If a you lot. have five a life <laughs> what does that look like? How many bedrooms do we need? But as like a guide or in a leadership, uh, you know, position in this relationship, that's a valid ass question. How many guest rooms do I need to like <laughs> facilitate this these life partnerships that you have? You're like, Yo, if we buy a house together, how many rooms <laughs> this house gotta have? We gotta have a playroom. We have our bedroom. How many <laughs> other rooms? How many right. other rooms? Right, and then he's ethically non-monogamous, and so. Of course, like I said, he has another submissive. And what does that look like when we are talking about building life together? So these are just a lot of conversations. And I think it takes a lot of honesty and a lot of vulnerability. I know for me and my ability to imagine my life outside of my polyamory because it is different. And I don't think people give enough weight to their DS identity being different than the them that exists inside of their polyamorous relationships. Because there are things that come up in my DS relationship that I have to communicate to my girlfriends. This is not in place in my relationship specifically, but it is something that came with my girlfriends where for me, I never want to infringe upon their autonomy because I am giving parts of my autonomy or surrendering parts of my autonomy to a DS dynamic or relationship. I am doing that. They are not. So for example, things like my private text messages or our Marco Polo chat, what does that look like when I am surrendering parts of my autonomy to someone or my autonomy in totality to someone else And how does that then not infringe upon my other partners and their autonomy and our privacy? Because if my phone, if my sir has the password to my phone or is able to like listen in on any conversation, that would be something that I would have to communicate to my partners. Yeah. Because I can't sign them up for that. That would be unethical to me. No, absolutely. And that's part of the whole agreements conversation that should be coming up anyway. I feel like some conversations had that we've talked about previously and then briefly here, like in DS Dynamics, are conversations you should just be having, period, in all relationships. If you have a phone that your partner has access to, especially if you live with them, like for people who are in 
monogamous relationships or monogamish relationships. Yes, that's a shameless podcast plug. But if you have those kinds of connections with people and you share space with someone, someone has access to your devices, like what, how you have to protect the privacy of other people and the boundaries of other people and the agreements you have with other people, despite them having that access. Is that not common I've, sense? <laughs> I've been in that situation before and been in a relationship with someone and their partner, they like share a, a MacBook. Your text messages go there. And I had some very private things that I was talking to with this person that were like misconstrued and blown up because their partner read these messages. And I'm just like, one, I'm a Scorpio, my deeply private ass is we don't share nothing what you doing reading my messages listen not only do we not share but it's really hard to come back from that type of infringement like someone infringing on our privacy and it's really messed up when it's not necessarily like the person you're in relationship with but like a person they're connected to that kind of like infringes upon your privacy and so I, I really try to hold that line because I never want to be that person I'm I'm really protective of my partner's privacy and the ways in which I offer information between my partners even when it's things that like may affect me I'm very careful with when, how, and why I share them because I know for me, some things can be really hard to come back from. Yep. Yep. And as a Scorpio, we also hold grudges. Oh, there's that. If, if you tell me something about my meta and they don't some fuck shit and they've done something awful to you. Oh, at down to the Christmas party, I'm like Terry on Soul Food with the steak knife. Like holding, I'm trying to hold the line, but like you telling me cousin Faye fucked your husband and I'm like, I am here. It's going to be a fight. Like why are you guys not fighting right now? I don't understand. No, it's um, real though. It's real. That's a very Scorpio <laughs> thing. I, this is, again, sidebarks. It's funny. So there's a TikTok of this black woman talking about how someone in the seventh grade did something to her. And so as adults now, something bad happened to her and she was like, oh, karma, finally coming home to roost. And people are like, seventh grade? And I was like, that's not that long of a time. What are you guys talking about? This is so hilarious because funny story, I met Pages when I was in seventh grade. Oh, so yeah. now you have him up because not- I'm the hinge and he's been on the podcast. <laughs> You're the hinge. <laughs> Let me tell you, so like last night, I randomly messaged him something that like, happened in like eighth grade so imagine like I'm 31 and like I'm messing I was like yeah it was like 15 years ago but I absolutely remember this thing and he was just like cracking like he was laughing his ass off because it was so funny because I remember it like clear as like yesterday but my memory is top tier because I don't I forget nothing okay I forget nothing we may forgive you but we will never forget any wrong, any slight, any perceived wrong. Or slight. You, you, don't, you don't even have to really be wrong. If we think you're wrong in the moment, it is locked into the brain bank. It is forever. <laughs> it is forever. Like up to the day you die, we're going to be like, you know, that bitch that one time <laughs> when we were like 12 did this thing. <laughs> and that's really hard in like polyamory. I know for me, especially having the partners that I have and two of my girlfriends are Scorpio. They're Scorpios. So I got to be real careful about what I share, what I divulge. And I always ask myself in the moment, a question that I love to always ask myself is, am I going to forgive him or her? 
Am I going to forgive them? Who do I want to be in this conversation, like in this moment? And who do I want us to be on the other side of this? Those three questions are really important to me before I go and share and divulge things to my other partners. Because if I plan for us, if we intend to be different after this moment, different after this infraction, different after this argument, do I I then take what happened in that moment and share it with my other partners when we have committed to being different, when we have committed to growing and learning from this? Listen, that's real. That's real. Young me got caught up in that shit. I was dating somebody. There was some fuck shit going on. And you know how it is. You tell your friends when there's some fuck shit going on. But I still stayed with them. (laughs) I still stayed with their asses. And so the friend, I actually had to make a decision for myself where I was like, I am not going to share this anymore. And I said to my partner, I'd prefer if you didn't share these situations with your friends either, because if we're not going to break up, it makes both of us look stupid. <laughs> and that, that's just the bottom line here. If I say this is so devastating to me, this is like broken my heart, whatever. And then you see us boot up the next day. I feel like nothing ever fucking happened. I look like a dumbass. Not just boot up, but then, hey, do you mind if such and such comes with me on the vacation trip? And then now all your your partners and your friends are looking at them crazy because they remember what they did and the whole situation. And there are always, perspective is reality. And so I also leave space for the fact that, yes, I'm having an experience in a moment, but they're having an experience in a moment too. And how am I conveying that? And maybe it's unusual. I typically, when I go to like my other partners, I'm usually going for advice for me. Like when I am bringing up a situation, I'm asking like, how do you think I could have handled this better? Do you see any errors here? Like I know you experienced me as a partner and I'm looking to be a better partner to this person. And maybe Mm -hmm. I just need my perspective shifted. Or even if I'm just super upset and it's something that is affecting me to the point where I have, where it would be irresponsible to not tell my other life partners And I tell them, I make sure I tell the fullness of the story as full as I can, not just something that happened to me, but how I responded and any other infraction. So they have the full and total picture because I don't want them to then hold that grudge and they may still want to like kick his ass or he may be upset at my other partners or however that works. But there's a fullness to the situation where I have responsibility. I have culpability to I'm a member of this relationship. Let's look at the fullness of it. Yeah. Not saying that sometimes people do just do fuck shit to us. And that's a reality that's, as well. That's true. That's true. Like Sheree knows. I talked to her about a situation that I was going through. And if you're on the Patreon, then you guys know about the situation briefly. But I was just kind of, am I fucking tripping right now? Or is this unreasonable? Am I crazy? Or is this a thing? And there was like, I read direct quotes from the conversation. Like I did all these things. And I'm am I nuts? You have to do that sometimes, especially as a Scorpio. You got to check yourself. But we're rarely ever wrong. No, no, Scorpio will mean, be wrong. Nothing, but I'm just saying. When no, it no you said it right. You said it right. We're rarely ever wrong. When it comes to vibes, we are usually correct. When it comes to saying some shit we shouldn't have said, we are also usually correct, but shouldn't have said it that way. Vibes are important, which is really, which is really funny because my polycule, like our name is like the vibes. So vibes, energy, frequency, that's like, it's so big for me. Yeah. Listen, it, it's right. Energy don't lie. Energy don't lie. That's what I'm saying. That's all we're going to say. So 
I had two questions for you, but of course you mentioned one of them that your sir is also in a non-monogamous situation that they also are actively non-monogamous. And then, so you mentioned your sister in service, your sister Mm -hmm. in service, that would be Bambi, correct? Yes. 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 AKA Nikki Glaze. Nikki Glaze, AKA Bambi Shots, Nikki Glaze, boop, 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 anyone should it. But yeah, I actually hate the term sister in service just because like sister does not, I don't know. I know it's a lifestyle term, but for me, there's a lot more fullness to it. And I definitely think it speaks to something that comes up for me in DS and that I'm feeling just through coming back to this, through this dynamic is I definitely siphon a lot of my traditionalism into DS. And so it does feel very familial to me. My relationship (laughs) with my sir feels very like, and I want to say it's very, there's a sense of like permanency. Um, Of course, all of my life partnerships have a sense of permanency. My polycule, we've been together for three and a half going on four years. And for this relationship to already have such a strong sense of like permanency is very interesting. And the reason that I feel that way is because I feel so invested and so like loyal to it. It feels very familial to me in a sense. And even by proxy, my relationship with Bambi feels that way as well. Like I'm very, I feel very protective of it. All right. So what would you, what term would you use that instead of sister in service? What term feels right to you? I haven't come to terms with it. And also because I feel like, because they're also ethically non-monogamous. And so it does feel like because of the ways in which we came together feels very like partnership-ish. And, but it's interesting because sir is like our hinge, but it gotcha. But it's all very, so can be very collective and I don't want to say convoluted, but it can be very collective sometimes. And so I think we're just ironing out like our personal relationship and what that looks like and what that means. I hate putting sister on anything because then it would feel very incestuous if we decided yeah. to be partners. And it, it, day, it, I don't know. Listen, already <laughs> like my eyebrow went up. Like it doesn't go up. Like it went up on the inside. I was like sister right. in service. This is a very interesting yeah. term. Because when you think sister yeah. wives, you think straight women who happen to have like one man. So you have a man who's a hinge and then you have straight women on either end of it in polygamous relationships. So that's why for me, like when you said sister in service, I was kind of like, oh, this is giving me a weird thought because it does very much bring back to that. And I'm going to be bringing on polygamous people to talk. Don't worry, guys. It's not all just about polyamory. I swear. There's another poly that's going to be in here as well. But <laughs> my, my point for that really is, yeah, I think it, as you guys figure out your relationship and how you want to act on it or knocked at, not act on it and how it's going to evolve. I think that sister does lock you into a certain kind of relationship verbally, just with the word. I, I will say this. So this is what I, I say that my polycule is like once lightning striking once in a blue moon. So I actually met Nikki separately from my sir I liked her separately from him and so we had already had like energetic exchanges of not romantic but just I see you I recognize you and I like you Mm. and so that's a different build up to like what this is versus complete and utter strangers coming together collectively of course we were not we didn't have a deep knowing of each other but we had we were familiar with each other's energy and we liked each other's energy in the beginning. So for me, it feels very reminiscent of, I'm just a really 
fucking loyal person. <laughs> like loyalty is yeah. very big for me. And I've always struggled with how loyalty is supposed to show up in polyamorous relationships. I even tell like my partners this. It's because you know how people are like, oh, I don't care if you don't like such and such. Don't worry if I don't like such and such. You can still be friends with them. And for me, I'm just like, for my partners, if you don't like such and such, please just tell me so I don't even fucking bother (laughs) building a bond or relationship with them. Because I would just rather not have that complication in my life. Is that a Scorpio thing you think though? Because I am the same way. I'm just like, just don't even let me bother with that shit. It might be a Scorpio thing because that's definitely how I operate as well. Because my tribe is my tribe and my people are my people. And that comes into play even, it's even deeper for me in DS. Like, and I'm figuring that out. Like I'm learning that about myself, about like just the type of love that comes up for me in DS relationship and how that feels and and the depth of it and like I was saying it brings up so much it opens me up psychologically and emotionally in such a different way and I do find myself leaning leaning more demisexual these days and because of the vulnerability that I feel like DS requires and what my sir requires to be at his home and be an extension of him it is so all-encompassing and it is very deep and it's very soul opening I feel and I think that just makes me look at things differently and feel that surge of like loyalty and like commitment and I just want that back I hope that I get that back in this dynamic like this feeling of love and loyalty and the fact that this is a constant for me, but I definitely, there was a quote that I like posted earlier on my Instagram, just about how we don't necessarily get to choose how someone loves, like they choose how we love and we decide whether or not we want to participate in that love with them. And I think that's one of the scariest things about love in general is like, mm-hmm. We absolutely have no control over it. And so I think that it's really interesting combining love and combining a power exchange dynamic in relationship because you do have that sense of someone else is in control of what's happening. Someone else is has the power of not only what is happening in the like day to day, in the scenes. Of course, there's a level of consideration for what I want, need, and desire, but ultimately I am surrendering um, that choice to them in a very specific kind of way, especially in my dynamic, just based off of the ways in which we choose to operate within power exchange. I like to have decisions made for me because I'm a overthinker. And so I give as much information as I possibly can upfront. I won't, I don't know if you want to get into petitioning and like how we convey information to a D type about who we yes, are. I do because <laughs> my question that's going to come after that is going to be about submission. So yes, tell me more about that. Okay. Petitioning is when, of course, you meet a dom or a dame and you decide that you want to be in a dynamic with them. And this can look different. The process is different. And you basically write a petition to the dom or dame about who you are, you know, what you're desiring, why you want them to be your dom or dame within them, what your goals are for your 
dynamic with them. All of that is is written down and it can look different. Some people's are short, some people's are longer, but it should really have a, a lot of information about who you are in it. And also in just like dynamic, like people do like agreements. I always advocate for writing things down, putting things down on paper. And this is not just in DS dynamics or relationships. I advocate for this in any iteration of relationship, write things down, do a relationship agreement, especially if you're doing something um, in the realm of polyamory or ethical non-monogamy, writing things down provides an opportunity for safer conversations to happen, especially if you have experiences in either relationships or familial traumas. It's really important to have things written down. So when you're communicating with someone, you don't feel like you're being gaslit. (laughs) Like I told you this about me and I've had this come up. I've had this come up in just relationships. I've had this come up in my DS dynamic. Like I communicated this to you. I told you this about me. And if I did not have those things written down, I I don't know where those conversations would have led and are ended up. And it allows everyone in the situation to be accountable for someone who said that they would be accountable to me to be accountable in the ways in which they agreed to, but also me to be accountable to myself and my boundaries and the agreements that I have for myself. And that I set forth. So whether it's a position or a relationship agreement, I always advocate for writing things down. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. And so that makes perfect sense because, yeah, getting shit and writing makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Just in a lot of levels, in all levels of life. And it's a negotiation thing, too, because it's interesting because I was listening to one of the podcast episodes that I was on before. I think it was the very first one. I think I was on three episodes, but I don't know. But anyway, I think it was the first one. And I was talking about, you were asking me about my solo polyamory. And I'm so glad that I am who I yeah. am because my poly looks so different now than it did in that episode. But I said to you, I was like, I utilize solo polyamory as like a baseline identifier, but it's so much bigger than that. And I am open, to, I'm fluid, yeah. and I'm open to my relationship style and structure changing. And that change is the only constant and affirm and will never relinquish my right to change my mind. Mm-hmm. And that's why agreements are really important because we are evolving people. We are always going through levels of transfor- transformation and ascension. And so when those things are happening, having something in writing and saying, hey, this is the agreement that we made a year ago or six months ago or three years ago. And I know this is what we agreed to, but this isn't working anymore. I especially say for monogamous or polyamorous or ethical non-monogamous people to utilize this tool because it's really important to be able to bring this to the table and say, are you open to revisiting this? I want to change this, especially for couples like opening up. It's a great tool. Yeah, because things are going to change. <laughs> things are going to change. That is Full one stop. thing you can be sure of: that things are going to change as you navigate <laughs> the dynamic, as you learn more about yourself, as you learn more about the actual world of non-monogamy in this sense, and ethical non-monogamy to be more specific. And and in DS too, and in it DS, changes. yeah, things we change, our desires change. So and- when you're trying to hold the line between ethical non-monogamy and DS. Lots of things have to go into writing. 
Yeah, lots of things going through, which brings me to my question. I, we talk about, of course, you originally presenting or being a, in the community, and now you are on the submissive side of things. What does that look like? Was it easy? I don't want to say was it easy, but was it easy for you to make that switch mentally from dame to submissive with your sir? So I never presented to my sir as a dame ever. I met him and energetically knew who he was, and he met me and energetically knew who I was. And who we are in connection to one another is very different. I think that my sir makes room for me to have access to my power inherently. And it is something that we work, we actively have to work on, and that I actively have to work on, and that I ask for in our dynamic, because I do have inherent power, energetically. The way I show up in the world, the way I show up in my relationships, there is inherent, powerful energy inside of me. And what does that look like? For me, I have to make the active decision to consciously defer to him. And what that looks like is building what I need from him in order to do that is for him to build a space that is safe and secure for me to be able to relax, to not step out of my power, but allow my power to be an extension of him. And what does it mean to be an extension of him is very integral. What does he need from me as a partner? He needs my submission from me. I need his dominance from him. That is what we need from each other to be in this relationship, in this dynamic. And I have to recognize that in every moment, in every step, regardless of the iteration of myself that is in that moment. And yes, I have those moments. And this is also something interesting is that he, in relationship, when he's introducing us to other people, he refers to us as goddess. And I think that's really important that he recognizes that energy in myself. And he also recognizes that energy in Bambi, that we have goddess energy. Both of us, I think, identify having some top energy inside of us. And even that needs its own outlet that is guided by him. And how does that show up? How are we allowed to facilitate that energy? And he has to be consciously aware of that. And so I think for for me... It is a challenge. That is something that I am oftentimes challenged with is like, how am I showing up right now? Am I operating from a space of like deference and submission? And for me, the more I lean into surrender and submission, the easier that kind of gets for me. But we need the foundation of like trust and security. And that is something that is built over time. So for me, submission doesn't just happen like complete surrender doesn't happen overnight. I'm very agreement oriented when it comes to my dynamics. What are we agreeing to? And I ask him this consistently is who do you need me to be? Who do you want to be in a relationship with? And also feeling safe to tell him like who I need him to be for me and what relationship I want to be in with him. What do we need from this? What do we want this to look like? And also what kind of submissive do I want to be to you? Because it's not just, he's not only desiring of my submission, I desire my submission. I desire to be submissive to him. 
I want to be submissive to him. I absolutely hate the moments when I step outside of my submission with him. I like beat myself up about it because I don't like it. I don't like existing in that space with him. I abhor it. Oh, <laughs> so, so you're like yeah. leaning into the process of it. So it's not like an immediate jump for you. It wasn't an immediate switch for you. It's a process in your relationship as you continue yeah. to negotiate. Yeah. It's a process. And it's... I will say that energetically, my desire was to submit to him, is to submit to him, but we needed to build and still are building the foundation of what that submission looks like and how it operates, especially with us being long distance because I still have to be the guide and the lead and the master of my life when I'm not in connection to him. And we are facilitating like, what does that look like for him to have any iteration of dominion over a life that he's not a part of every single day in, day out? In order for him to take the reins of like my entire life, he has to know every little intricacy of the movement, like how everything is moving, how I structure my day, how I structure my business. That's what I'm saying. Like my life is, <laughs> is very full. I have a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And so I still exist in that goddess, dominant, powerful persona because that is a part of who I am. And that's a part of the submissive that he's getting and he's guiding and he's leading. So I don't like swallow or suppress. That energy just has to learn to show up differently in relationship to him. And I think that we are both learning because I don't necessarily think that he has been in relationship like this one. I think it's very unique. I think our relationship is very unique. I think his relationship with Bambi is very unique. And I think all of our relationships with each other really has allowed like a space for like ascension and transformation and really locking in on like who we want to be as like the best versions of ourselves. And so whether or not this is like a forever relationship, I know it's a forever, it's a relationship that will forever have changed me and, and changed the trajectory of my life and like the iteration of who I am and vice versa with everyone involved. I, I think that when we talk about my level of submission and whether or not I get to show up, if I had to sacrifice my dame, no, it wasn't a sacrifice because it was already an energy that I wanted to step out of in so many ways so that I could step into something else and become a different iteration, still empowered, still powerful, still have the ability to top and beat some ass. But what does that look like when I'm at the helm of someone else? I really enjoy that. I talk about the different personas of my submissive, of myself, right? Like I have different personas and archetypes within my submission and my dame is able to show up in some of those. In, in so many ways even my kitten self <laughs> has oh, a top side <laughs> okay okay you see we're learning more and more guys we're learning more and more yeah. it's of course not everything plays the same for every single person across mm-hmm. any ds dynamic this is just about so cammy is is that what you go by with your sister bambi and cammy may yeah so my my name is goddess chamomile chamomile is my name that sir jex gave me mm-hmm. and um bambi is is other submissive yeah. okay got you got you because like you were talking about there is gonna be some you're a goddess level like just like on your own <laughs> and so that has to be acknowledged and respected and appreciated 
in anything that you and your sir do. Like your sir is responsible for your overall well-being and makes decisions that will take care of you, but he has to be fully informed about who you are in order to be able to do that. And there has to be a level of submission and willingness to participate on your part, make that happen. I'm just doing a recap, guys. And I'll, so just being transparent about some of my kinks too, are like, I really enjoy like being that goddess and that top, like for his like, in pleasure and entertainment too. I I really would enjoy him witnessing me being a goddess and being a top and like him knowing that he like provided that space for me to fully be that and space for me to be the other side of that goddess who wants to rest, who wants to relax in another form, right? And be cared for. And I love that. I I love the thought of him teaching me some of the things that he knows that I do not know. Like, for example, one of his specialties is like knife and temperature play. And I want to like (laughs) fully get into that and have him train me on how to do that. And when he does sessions and does scenes and being there to assist him and learn from him in that way. I love that. It's something that I get off on. That's a kink for me too. It's like learning from him and being an, an extension of his power is uh really sexy to me yeah so there is room for instruction and play in this dynamic it's not all i don't want to say it's not all serious because it is serious but it's not all only fun i guess you could say does that make sense what i'm trying to say i feel like in the new iteration of like the bdsm community it feels very either or like you're either in a dynamic where you just play partners or you're in this really serious life-altering thing yeah really committed to 24 7 and i feel like it's okay it's okay to have it all if you want it all right if you want it all like building that and i feel like i want it all and i'm deserving of it all and I feel like I'm in connections to someone who wants the same thing. And that's a beautiful thing in and of itself to like find your people, to find your tribe and to figure out what that looks like in totality and in reality, right? Because this, none of this is easy. Let me say that. (laughs) None of this is easy. It is very complex, very difficult and very hard. But what keeps me here is feeling like it will be so worth it to actualize it on the other side and so getting all of the bits and pieces worked out leaving room for personal evolution and transformation that he and I and all of my partners go through and then bringing that together and deciding what this is going to look like deciding how we're going to function and choosing this Waking up and choosing this every single day to recommit to this every single day. It's been interesting. Like, it's been difficult. I'm not, that's what I'm saying. Like, I never want to make this sound easy. This is a complex form of relating. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. So I guess my question now to you, now that I know a lot more about you than I ever did, which is a lie we talk. So I already knew some of the stuff, but (laughs) not that I know more about you and more about your dynamic and how it operates and how you guys have structured your relationship as unconventional as it would be from some other DS dynamics that I'm aware of in the world. Are there any kinds of tips or like ideas you give people who are exploring, not the same dynamic, obviously, because every dynamic is individual, but who are interested in exploring their polyamory? 
with a DS dynamic. And let me ask other questions first before you get to the tip part, because I know that some people, like you said, views as a very like an isolating experience. There are people who are polyamorous who are in DS dynamics where their doms or their submissives are monogamous. And so they're not a part of the community. And so it's a very different interaction. And so your situation is very different from what some other situations that people may have seen or been aware of or whatever. I just want to put that out there. Absolutely. <laughs> like I, I have to make that thing. It's very personal. And so like for me looking in, I would be like, oh, yeah, like I'm not looking for a 24 seven dynamic. I'm looking just for someone to beat my ass at play parties. That's what I not necessarily beat my ass. Cause you know, I can get tender guys. You can't just be beating on me like that. Like it's not fun anymore at a certain point, but like for me, that would, your dynamic would not necessarily be what I gravitate towards. So this is more like general conversation about if you were looking to incorporate a DS kinky dynamic, BDSM dynamic into your polyamory, are there any tips or tricks that you could suggest to people to help navigate the process? My first tip would be to have fun on your journey, your solo journey, be it in polyamory or in kink. I think it's really important to enjoy that time of exploration and self-discovery Not to say that you can't do it in connection to someone else, but there is a different level of freedom that comes along with exploring those sides of yourself outside of a dynamic and outside of a relationship that I feel like are very formative and important when you finally do come into connection with someone else because you know what you know what you like. You have an idea of what you want and what you want to experience and you have that experience that you're bringing to the table. This is a very complex form of relating and not giving enough room for study, um, not leaving room for knowledge building, and also for connecting to people in a community who can support you, I feel would be a dire mistake. So those are like my first tips. It's really surrounding you, I don't think we talk about that enough about being solo on the scene in kink environments and what that means for people, right? That you can experience a very fulfilling kink journey solo. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm working on. I'll tell you guys, like I'm, I'm working on it. I, I recently got into Violet Wands and things like that. So that was exciting for me. Let's do this. And, and it's so good. And my sir, he facilitates scenes. That's the event that he's planning and curating that's now happening in the summer was really a brainchild to allow women, one, to be in a safer environment because other women would be there on staff helping facilitate the event and the experience and really curating it for them to really explore their kink journey in a more private environment but to be solo to feel like you have a support system there of other submissives who are there supporting you and also dming your sessions giving you input and and advice and creating that community with other submissives and and slaves and bottoms that was a really important element of it but having access to these skilled dominants who have been mentored and have been trained and have been doing this for a long time to really facilitate those those experiences that you're looking to have without having to enter into a dynamic to feel like you want you can experience the array of kinks that you want to experience. Like if you want to experience fire play, 
you can tap someone to experience fire play. If you want to experience forced orgasm, if you want to experience surrendering, if you want to know what it feels like to do impact or temperature play or wax play, right? That there are people that you can tap on your journey to have those kinky and erotic experiences that they be very fulfilling and you not have to be in a dynamic or a relationship to have those experiences. And I feel like whenever I'm in a space or a room and helping people who are one 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 and new to this, that is what they're looking for. Or I'm looking for a dynamic so I can have the experience. So when what really, you're saying is that I need to come over. You're always invited over. <laughs> that sounds like it's a love letter to me personally. Sorry I interrupted, but I was just like, saying you need to come over. She's talking to me directly. She's looking at me in the camera that you guys can't see. And she's just, you should come over. And I was just like, okay. I'm officially inviting you over. We can talk about what you want to experience fully. (laughs) The point is that I think also community is important too, right? Like when you're doing this. Can can I just say that the new event dates are like June 10th and I'm blocking that off for you that you're coming? Uh, Oh, yeah. Um, Just send me the calendar (laughs) and we'll make it happen. Like we'll make something happen. It's it's permanent now. I don't care how it's happening, but we're making that happening. I'm I'm not sure if you're into consensual non-consent, but I am a little kidnapping scene. I don't know if I have the problem on you. Y'all heard it here first. Cherie's going to show up at my place with my suitcase already packed, obviously, because I'm not going to just... It's consensual non-consent, but there are some... She can't... Like, I need clothes. (laughs) Like she can't show up here and I'm in like my bathroom. Take me on an airplane. That's not how that works. Summer, there's a pool and a hot tub at the estate. Do you really need clothes? We'll negotiate. (laughs) I'll have one of our mutual friends come over and hang out with you and have wine or something. And they'll pack your suitcase without you knowing. Ah, yeah. (laughs) My suitcase is pretty much out right now. So they're available. They're available for that. I love it. I love this plan. I love when a plan comes together. Yeah, no, we're we're doing this. And I, I appreciate you sharing this vulnerable story with us because it is a vulnerable share to talk about a DS dynamic like this in this platform, especially when it is tied into a romantic polyamorous life partnership. This is not something that I want people to take lightly. Like Cherie didn't have to be here talking about this shit with us. She could have just been like, Jen, I'll talk to you. No cameras, no recording, just us. Especially when I'm a Scorpio. But the the thing is that I really wanted people to know that this is a thing and that it's difficult. And I'm always interested in having the hard conversations that I don't necessarily see happen in our community. And our Black People Allowed, we did have a kink week where we talked about the intersectionality of polyamory and kink and how to make that happen and facilitate that. And we had Trey Michael and Beanie Tucker talking about that and that experience. and. I feel like, why is that not happening more? Because most of the people that I see in the kink spaces are also over in the poly spaces and you're 101 over here and you're 101, maybe 201 over here and you're trying to bring it together. But if you don't know anyone who's actively doing it, you just are out here doing it blindly. And it's, I feel like, why not learn from one another? I, I want to be vulnerable enough so that can happen and I'm always trying to figure out how to toe the line because I'm big on discussion and I am big on privacy but I'm like I need community to talk about this yeah (laughs) you know like where do we go to talk about this and so I love of course I love your platform and your podcast but I just love the opportunity to have the conversation and maybe being someone that people can learn from Ah, I love it so 
Cherie, or should I say Cammy? It's so funny because my uh, sir has is calling me Kame because I told him I was like the alliteration of Cammy and Bambi. It scratches my nerves, and I don't. He didn't do it on purpose, but it's so funny. Yeah. I have like a whole funny story about him like introducing us, and it felt very like Chicago. Like by the way, I'm imagining Sarah with a pimp hat and a cane and like a top yeah. coat and the whole thing with the step. Because he really does just have a very powerful energy that like I don't even think that he is always aware of. But like literally I heard his voice and I was like immediately drawn in to him. And I think we talked about this on our private call. One of the like beautiful surprises is that he's not like an alpha male homophobic asshole, which was like Oh my God, or transphobic. Or- I, was, I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, I, I think, I'm not going to lie, being transparent, I feel like every cishet man has a level of toxicity. So I'm not saying that like he's 100% outside of the paradigm that or the culture that we exist in. But it was just very like interesting that he walked through the world with that level of power and was interested in divesting from those systems. And yes. so that's been an interesting part of our relationship as well. It was like, I like you as a person. <laughs> yeah, no, Sarah sounds amazing. I can't wait to meet him at this event. I'm being sorry, right, don't, <laughs> let's not hype him up too much. No, just okay. Okay. I'm saying, I, I feel like every single dominant or dame or top has to have a little bit of narcissism. Like they they have just a tinch, teach, a pinch. Yeah, just a sliver, just a sliver. Just a sliver, no, but yeah, he is pretty amazing. And I can verify that just as a person and just the energy in this realm that I like him. I like him, I dig him. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Sheree. Tell the people where they can find you if they want to see more content, not necessarily like this, but just from you in general. I know you have several things you have working on right now, not just in conjunction with your sir. So plug some shit. Tell people where to find you. Talk about some shit so people can follow you. Yes, the world is such an interesting place and and so much has evolution has come up for me. But you can always follow me on Instagram at Cherie Calico. I'm also on Facebook at Cherie Calico and Twitter at Cherie Calico. If you're interested in more kinky content, though, I do have a burner profile (laughs) for kink content. Just because I am a bit more private about my king and I don't be trying to be shadow banned, but you can find me at Oh That's Sirs Cami on Instagram. Oh That's Sirs Cami. And I also have a burner Twitter. Oh That's Sirs Cami. So, oh, you can find me over there in these streets. So, yeah, I know that we talked about uh, some compatibility stuff as well. I also have a page called Intuitive by design if you're interested in any kink or uh, polyamory related tarot reading or human design or needle charting you can also find me there so got a lot going on yeah thanks again so much for being here i'll include all the links for in the show notes just so y'all know once again jen sheree and i'm gonna talk to you guys about some other shit after this (laughs) so thanks again for being here Thank you for having me in all of the ways. Ooh. Except for that one way. We'll work on that though. We work on that. <laughs>
Once again, I would love to thank Cherie for agreeing to be on the pod to talk about her DS dynamic. There is also a bonus Patreon episode with Cherie and Pages Matam talking about human design, which we hinted at in this episode. That will be coming out hopefully in a week. Hopefully. We'll see. <laughs> I'll put the links to where to find Cherie in the detailed show notes on our website, monogamishpod.com. And of course, you guys know where to find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at monogamishpod. Like that's that's really where we're at. You can also support this podcast through Patreon. Like I mentioned, you get bonus episodes. You also get special Patreon exclusive merch that can be found at patreon.com slash monogamishpod. And you can only access it directly like that because it's an 18 plus platform. You got to type it all the way in just, just like that. You can't just go to Patreon and then search because you're not going to find us. But that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> you can also support this podcast by purchasing items from our merch shop that is monogamishpod pod.threadless.com or by clicking the shop button directly on our website. You can also support this podcast using Anchor support. Anchor.fm slash monogamishpod. Click the support button. You can support us financially for as low as 99 cents a month. Like, that's dope. We like that, right? That, that sounds super cool to me. I'm just saying. Um, thank you to everyone who has supported the Patreon and our Anchor support and bought merch from the merch shop so far. This actually goes into funding the software it takes to run and edit this podcast and also goes towards hiring someone to assist with transcribing all of our episodes, which I'll hopefully be able to put up on the individual episode pages on our website soon. Another place you can find us, of course, is on your favorite podcatcher. We love our podcatchers. There's Google, Spotify, Amazon has a podcatcher thing. I don't know if we're listed on there yet. I'll have to check. Stitcher, Good Pods, Podchaser, Podbean, Podbay, all the pods. All the pods are out there. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. This video will not be up on YouTube as the ones for the rest of the season have been in the same way because Shereen and I agreed not to post this as a proper video, but I will be trying to upload that audio to YouTube as soon as I possibly can, just so people there can still have access to it. You can tell a friend about the podcast. You can also like, you know, rate us. You can rate us on Spotify now, apparently. That's something newly rolled out with. So you can rate us five stars or four stars or however many stars you please. But the lower the stars get, the more likely I am to cry into my pillow at night. So if you want to be, you know, good to me, you want to be good to me, you can just like rate us at the appropriate star level that you think we deserve. I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> and so our next episode will be with Evita Levita Lopez-Sawyers and Shanae Jackson-Kendall. And we will be talking about metamor relationships. That's a, one that I've gotten a lot of questions about from people in the DMs, in the emails. And I think that bringing the authors of the Metamor Bill of Rights on the podcast makes so much more sense. So that episode will be coming out in two weeks two weeks from when this drops on the 26th of January. (laughs) Anyway, can't wait for you guys to hear that. It was a really fabulous conversation. Looking forward to connecting with you on the socials and seeing you out there in the verse. Once again, I'm Jen and this is Monogamish Pod. Have a great day, y'all.